Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Today's daf is being taught by Rabbi Jeremy Kalmanovsky, the rabbi of Anshe Chesed in New York City. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. We're now on page four, Daf Dalit in Tractate Shabbat. Most of Daf Dalit is taken up with uh, some technical rules about uh, transferring, particularly does the picking up from area A and the placing down in area B, whether that's public or private space, do, do those have to come from an area that is four square tefachim? A tefach is a measure approximately uh, eight or nine centimeters. Modern authorities disagree about that. Does it have to come from an area that, to, to really be on the ground in that place? Do we have to say that it comes from an area of four square tefachim or not? Uh, it would appear from the Talmud that they, they take it as a basic assumption that the answer is yes, but it appears that, that two of the most important figures in uh, rabbinic literature, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Uranasi, are, are, uh, d- don't necessarily agree with that. We also take up this, in- this question called uh, Kaluta. Does an object flying through the air over a Rishut HaRabim acquire the status of being in the Rishut HaRabim in the public space? If I if I toss you a ball from my house to your house, going from my private space to your private space, uh, but it passes over the street in the middle, then have I, in fact, committed two distinct uh, acts of carrying, forbidden acts of carrying? Did I, did I not only pass it from my house to the Rishut HaRabim and from the Rishut HaRabim once again to your house because it's, it's kaluta, that is to say, absorbed in the airspace? of the public realm or not. Um, there's another interesting thing I want to call your attention to um, on uh, Daf, uh, on Amud Bet here of Daf Dalit. There is a reference uh, as to the question that Abaye will ask later on, Lekaman. You know, a lot of times we, we describe the Talmud as being not really an edited book, but a record of the discussions that go on in the ancient Beit HaMidrash, kind of a freewheeling, uh, uh, you know, minutes of the meeting or something like that. But this is clearly not correct, because an editor or a copyist, uh, which has made it now into the text, has written, as Abai will say, later on, meaning on page 7 or 8, we will later talk about this issue. So clearly there's an editing hand in our book, that notes that such and such is going to come up later and such and such has come up earlier. And I think that's interesting uh, when you ask yourself how it is that the Talmud came to be and what kind of hands the editors had, at least in some case, the editor or, or perhaps the, the copyist, the person who uh, preserved the text as he had it, had an idea of what was coming on next and wanted to give you, reader, you student, a heads up of what was coming next. But what, what I'd like to spend a little bit more time on is continuing the conversation of the previous day uh, when we noted that 
one of the figures, I didn't tell you his name yesterday, it was Rav Bibi Barabaye, uh, dealt with this question of what if you attach your bread to the side of the ceramic oven and then Shabbat comes in and you will uh, inadvertently uh, risk the, the major biblical prohibition of having cooked on Shabbat if you leave the bread attached to the oven. Or are you permitted lirdota uh, to to peel it off to do this act called ridiat hapat, which is not in fact itself a formal prohibition. It's not real labor, but the rabbis have regarded it as prohibited because of uvdin dechol, or, or in Hebrew maase shel chol. It's just a weekday type action, and therefore is not something that we should uh, not something that we should do. Um, so the the Talmud will ask itself certain questions about why did that person put the bread up there? Was it a mistake? Did they simply forget to, uh, did they put it up there and forget, or did they, uh, before Shabbat began, or did they intentionally, as Shabbat was beginning, put it up there in an act of rebellion, um, and in which cases should we should we peel it off or not? The actual, as I mentioned yesterday, there are, there are differences of opinion about this. The law, as the Shulchan Aruch brings it down, is that even if you intentionally put it up there, put it on, on the side of the oven, you can peel it off before it cooks to avoid the uh, prohibition of, of cooking on Shabbat, which would be a death penalty crime. Uh, but in the course of this discussion, the uh, Talmud raises an interesting question. Maybe the person who should peel it off is not the one who put it up there in the first place. Maybe the person who, who, who should peel it off is somebody else. Um, somebody else should save their friend from this mistake. But the Talmud will come along and say, Rav Sheshet, one of the figures of the Talmud, would say, Vechi omrim lo laadam, chata kidei sheyizkechavecha. Is it possible that we should say to a person, chata, go ahead and sin, kidei sheyizkechavecha, for the for the benefit of your fellow? This seems this seems, uh, and the Talmud seems to take this as a ridiculous idea. You could never tell somebody to do some some sin so that somebody else can benefit. However, this is interesting because, uh, first of all, the, there are other passages which do not appear to take this as a foregone conclusion. There is a passage in Tractate Eruvin, which the Tosafot, the, the medieval um, Talmud commentators who are literally Rashi's children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, uh, the Tosafot note that in Tractate Eruvin, it describes that the, that the sages imagine um, that a chaver, that is to say a member of the rabbinic class, should tie their produce in a, in a sort of unusual way, not the optimal way. Better that, you should, better that the chaver should tie the produce in an unconventional, slightly improper way, better that than that the people um, should eat untied produce at all. It's, it's not important for us exactly what the circumstances are there over in Tractate Eruvin. But in that case, they make it clear that actually the Talmud does think that it might be better for person X to do a small sin rather than person to save person Y from doing a major sin. And, and actually, that's quite, a, quite an interesting case. You can imagine any number of possible scenarios when that is the case. Uh, as a general rule, it is, our, it is Judaism's uh, view, it is the rabbinic Judaism's view, that one person shouldn't sin to benefit another person, but there are, as the Tosafot will say, certain really important cases, mitzvot de rabim, things that are things that are done 
uh, on behalf of the public broadly, which might necessitate uh, one person sinning on another person's behalf. I think this is, uh, this is quite interesting because you often find yourself not in a simple black and white world where everything is either clearly a sin or clearly uh, a mitzvah. The truth is that you often find yourself having to choose and prioritize not only the, the, the good or the bad, but the slightly better or the slightly less bad. And so here we do have a case where in our, in our passage, the Gemara rejects the idea that one person should sin on behalf of another. Uh, and yet the reality is, as, as the commentators will say, that there will be certain cases, certain emergency cases, certain cases that are really, really necessary for the public well-being overall, in which someone might have to sin on behalf of their other, their other colleagues. Wish you a good day. I hope you enjoyed this Daily Daf Differently, and we'll see you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One B, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.